Welcome, everybody, to the Cane and Rinse Podcast, Volume 12, Issue 597, which we will be talking about Yakuza 6, The Song of Life. And uh, joining me today, Brian Edwards, in this issue is the Tojo Titan, Leah Haydu. Nani? Nani? And the Sayo Sniper, Mikhail Kroder. Takai, takai. <laughs> well, welcome, both of you. Um, so, what is Yakuza 6? Um... Well, it shouldn't be surprising, is Yakuza 6 is the sixth, actually eighth, entry in the Sega soap opera Beat'em Up. Um, made, of course, as the previous 5 plus 0 plus Ishin, which had released in Japan at that point. But So we'll call it the eighth entry, but the sixth mainline entry, numbered entry into the saga of Kiryu Kazuma. Kazuma Kiryu? No, no, no. Say. You'd have to say the seventh, because 0... Is of course uh, also a mainline. All right, I need my abacus. Entry. I gotta, I gotta switch <laughs> yeah, podcasts yeah. here and get my character. I'm gonna go abacus get my out. laser pointer and a whiteboard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, who developed it? As always, uh, the Ryu Gagotoku Studio, um, and published by Sega, directed by Hiroyuki Sakamoto, um, as previous entries were as well. Uh, Masayoshi Yokoyama was a producer. Uh, Ryosuke Hori was one of the designers. Programmed um, two names listed on Wikipedia here. I'm sure amongst many others being Cho- Koji Tokieda and Yutaka Ito, um, written by Siyoshi Furuta and Masayoshi Yokoyama. And it has about seven different composers listed. And I know there's a lot of other compositions that they've brought in from other areas of the series, but uh, listed here um, on the Wikipedia entry were Chihiro Aoki, Hidenoro Shoji, Sayori Yoshida, Yuri Fukuda, Kenichi Tokoi, He'd lunch and Zenta, and I apologize to all of you for my pronunciation of those names. Um, so originally released uh, in Japan on PlayStation 4, December 8th of 2016. Worldwide, it hit in April of, the fo- of 20, 2018, so just a little less than a year and a half later. And then eventually uh, came to Windows PC and Xbox One on March 25th, 2021 as part of a Xbox live stream where they kind of announced that Yakuza was coming over to Microsoft um, for the time being. So that's the history of when the game came out. But why don't we go through our personal histories here? Mikhail, uh I know that we've talked about this before. We've all been on these shows. Um, was this a game that you played at the time and then revisited for the show? Or did you just play it for the first time now? I just played it for the first time now. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice, actually, uh, for me to interrupt these uh playthroughs of uh, Yakuza with other stuff and then come back to it, you know? And then you return to Kamarocho, which starts to feel like a uh, familiar holiday destination that you come <laughs> back to from time to time and then look at, oh, things have changed like this way and that way and, and that mm-hmm. sort of sense. Um, so yeah, nothing too spectacular or outrageous or convoluted as far as my history with Yakuza 6 goes. It was... The physical disc version was a gift to me mm-hmm. from... Uh, Forum member Case of Zero 9000 oh, nice. on Kane Rinse because he was just culling some of his physical collection and he sent me a bunch of games for, for PS4 mainly. And uh, yeah, that one was among them. Nice. Um, maybe also pertinent to mention that I started playing the series as a, as a very brief recap, recap um, from part one on the PS2 to part two mm-hmm. on the PS2. And then went through the whole mainline series, and I have yet to play Yakuza Zero. Uh, so I, you know, even after this final chapter in the Kiryu saga, I still have at least one 
uh, canonical um, Kiryu story to to return to, which is uh, nice. which I'm looking forward to. Uh, but yeah, I basically played one to six now. Nice. Yeah. Um, now no, Leah, Kiwa- no Kiwamis. Oh, uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, yeah, just, I was just about to ask you that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you sold. So theoretically, you could have Yakuza Zero, then both Kiwamis if you were so inclined. Exactly. And now, most recently, with the like a dragon, the man who erased his name, um, available as well. So you you could have you know hundreds of hours more Kiryu in oh, your yeah. life, sh- should you so choose. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, very yeah. nice. I'm strongly um, inclined to choose that. <laughs> yeah, you and I both. Um, yeah. So, Leah, I know you and I have been on a lot of these podcasts together, So, um, but for the folks out there who may, might be jumping on later or, or people who d- didn't remember your total history, I believe this is your first time through this as well? It is. I have been kind of... Um, so, Zero and Kiwami I played before we started covering the games for the podcast, and I kind of held off on the rest of them because we started covering them on the podcast. Sure, yeah. And it's been at a pretty decent cadence to where by the time we come up to another uh, another Yakuza game on the schedule, I've, I'm typically like ready to go for another mm-hmm. for another revisit to Kamurocho or Kamurocho Plus, wherever else the, the story actually ends up taking us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did, I was just looking up uh, some of the Western release dates for some of the other games in the series because I bought the collector's edition of Yakuza 6. It would have been after, so by the time Yakuza 6 came out, Zero, Kiwami 1, and Kiwami 2 had been released okay. in, in the West. Um, I had played the first two, um, Zero and Kiwami, the, Kiwami 1. And then I bought six off of the strength of those. And the main reason that I I went to purchase the collector's edition was because it actually came with a set of um, like cocktail glasses and coasters. Nice. Um, (laughs) So I actually use my Yakuza 6 um, glasses for whiskey because they are the correct size for such a thing. And um, I've been using those for however many years it's been, you know, almost five years, I guess, or over five years since since the game actually came out in the West. Um, and I've finally now played Yakuza 6. So um, you, you pour one in as well when you start playing Yakuza? Yeah. I, of I, course, I, right? You kind of have to at that point. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Um, when Gideon not... sits down at a bar and orders a uh, 100-year-old whiskey. I look, I look very have... sad and, you know, yeah. off into the distance. Um, yeah, I sadly, I do not typically drink whiskey that is quite as nice as what uh, they drink in the games. But um, yeah. that's okay. I, yeah, I'm, of course. I'm all right with that. But I, I did have, you know, nice fancy glasses. They have, like, uh, dragons similar to Kiryu's uh, tattoos etched on them. So they're nice. nice glasses, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I have owned the game since then, but I've only just played it. Um, I guess I finished it a few weeks ago for the recording. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I do not know this, so this is not like some kind of reveal, but I'm pretty sure we're going to cover Like a Dragon next year on Cane mm-hmm. and Rinse. So um, that will be my first experience with that game. Um, cool. And that's that's kind of where I am in the series. I, I haven't played... I'm kind of waiting to see what Leon does with next year's schedule before I think about whether I'm when I'm going to get into uh, Ishin and sure. um, uh, the man who erased his name 
because I haven't played those yet either. But I, Judgment uh, and Lost Judgment as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, so those, I yeah, I I have I have not played those either. Um, that one's not because I'm waiting for them to come up 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 on the podcast. Although I would be delighted if they did. Um, I, it's more mostly just because I have a bajillion games sure. <laughs> yeah, and I keep adding absolutely. to them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so there's there's that. But yeah, I. I'm making my way through the series, uh, more or less in order, um, and that's uh, that's what brought me to Yakuza Six. Nice. Um, now I have to ask: in the whiskey glasses that you have, are yes. you able to somehow get that giant ball of ice that they oh, always yeah. have in their glasses? So I actually have. <laughs> I I do have a um a, um uh, an ice tray that has um I <laughs> this is. This is my life. These are the things that I spend my money on. I purchased from the Square Enix store. I had to pre-order them. Um, it's an ice tray that has the big ice balls, but they're Emil's head from near. Perfect. Um, yes. So, yes, I'm using my, my whiskey glasses from Yakuza 6 and my Emil ice balls from uh, oh, near, and, and that's how I drink my whiskey. It doesn't you're, re- like you're really, time. you're really one of those gamer types, aren't you? I, appar- apparently, <laughs> someone, <laughs> someone apparently got the word got out. That's yeah, what I been, do. Gamers, am I right? Oh yeah, I know, right? Uh, um, just for my own personal history, really briefly, almost exactly the same as Leah's, except for the fact that I've gone a little bit more, I'd say, headfirst into a couple of the side stuff. Um, uh, well, well, let me put it this way. At this point, the only Yakuza games I have left to play, or or Like a Dragon related games I have left to play, are Lost Judgment <clears throat> and the impending Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. Because this morning I got the the message of Point of No Return in Like a Dragon Guide and the Man Who Erased His Name. So uh, I hear that's pretty so. short. Uh, not not really relevant to this game, but relatively, I have heard that that's like a fifteen to twenty hour thing. Yeah, I've, yeah. So I got the I got and I've been doing every side thing. I got the point of no return message right around twenty hours. Um, Ooh, okay, which is interesting because this is considered a small side story. But my completion time for Yakuza Six, which I completed, I don't know, probably about two three weeks ago, was right about twenty five ish hours. So oh, mine too. Um, yeah, so, I was so around saying there. that. So saying it's like a it's a it's it's bite size for that type of game. You can still believe me, even when I do finish this game today or tomorrow the the like a dragon guide and i will still have tens of hours of things to do should i choose to go back yeah. in, which i probably will um, and it's, this is also of course coming off of the uh gigantic yakuza 5 correct yes yeah. absolutely um so pretty interesting there um we'll get into the reasons why in a little bit here um as far as sales go uh the only real hard numbers i could find were from june of 2018 um which uh RGG Studio said that the game had sold between 800,000 and 900,000 copies worldwide with overseas markets a cop, uh, accounting for approximately half the game's sales. So it was actually selling, um, according to multiple outlets, as well in the West as it was in Japan. Uh, and since then, it's been released on Xbox and on and on Steam and everywhere else. So you can only imagine that the sales did go up. Also, I believe still is included with Game Pass, um, so readily available should for a lot of eyes that might get get their hands on it. So, uh, as far as awards, it was nominated for Best Storytelling and PlayStation Game of the Year at the Golden Joystick Awards, and I just I'd never heard of this, so I wanted to shout it out: the Tin Pan Alley Award for Best Music in a Game at the New York mm. Game Awards. So, I always mean to ask Jesse Fuchs if he's heard of the Tin Pan Alley Award. However. <laughs> The Tin Pan um, Alley is a recording studio in New York, yeah. isn't it? 
Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, as far as critically, it, it did quite well. Um, kind of in line with the higher average. I was looking at the averages on Open Critics for all the data we had available, and Yakuza Six was among the top from the series. It has an 85 with 131 critic reviews on Open Critic. And as far as players go on IMDb, it's 8.4 out of 10 with 633 votes. And on Steam, it's 9.0 with 4,292 votes. So you you can see, you can approximate that they sold at least 4,292 copies on Steam. Uh, probably a lot more than that. So. <laughs> uh, before we get into it, let's uh, hear from uh, one of our correspondents on the forum. Joe Bobonobo says, even just booting up Yakuza 6 with its lack of intro cinematic, ominous title screen music, and Kiryu staring you dead in the face at the main menu screen, you can tell that this signifies the end of an era. As a result, this really is a grand culmination of all that came before it, with many references to past characters and scenarios peppered throughout, as well as the development of Kiryu's character and his relationships with series mainstays such as Daigo and Haruka. Kamarocho has never looked so good, and seeing it change throughout the series really has cemented it as one of the most iconic worlds in all of gaming. Not to mention, there are some very solid Nani said throughout this game. <laughs> in terms of Nani 6, might be the best in the series, in my opinion. So, uh, thank you, Joe Bobo Nobo, for that. Um, so, the plot. So, we're going to do this in a little bit um, more a scattered order here, because, to put it lightly, this game has a lot of plot. So, I will kind of start with a setup, and we'll kind of just see where it takes us from there. So... After recovering from his injuries sustained in a fight with Masato Aizawa in Yakuza 5, Kazuma Kiryu is arrested for his past crimes and willingly spends three years in prison, hoping for a peaceful life with his foster children. In his absence, an arson in Kamarocho's Little Asia district skews the criminal underworld's power balance. Daigo Dojima, Taiga Saijima, and Goro Majima are framed for the arson and imprisoned. Katsumi Sugai and Takumi Sameya usurp the Tojo Kan clan, excuse me, the Chinese Sayo triad specializing in Haihazi human trafficking rises to power in the area and the Jingguan Mafia resurfaces occupying most of Kamarocho. I would like Upon to cut in here oh, ahead, um, and note that there is a, this is maybe my biggest problem with Yakuza 6, mm. distressing lack of Majima in this game. Yes. Distressing. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're going to, I want to talk to you guys about that here in just a little bit because there's a distressing lack of anyone else in this game uh when you consider that the previous two games had starred several protagonists and several things we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit sure um upon release in 2016 kiryu discovers that haruka sawamura haruka excuse me hid herself in onomichi hiroshima from the paparazzi after her controversial retirement and is currently in a coma after a hit and run accident kamarocho learning that she has an infant son haruto kiryu travels with the baby to onomichi and then once you get to Onomichi, it kind of blows up into a lo little yo uh, local Yakuza uh, situation that then spins off into the Sayo Triad, into the Jingwon Mafia. But let's focus on maybe the most striking difference at the beginning of this game, which is Kiryu as a, as a father. Uh, you have a human baby that you're in charge of. <laughs> you sure um, do. At the beginning of this game. Um, did this... So my thought, and I'm not, and this is not meant to be joking at all, is that when Kiryu was then suddenly in charge of an infant, my initial thought was, oh, no. Oh, no. Like, <laughs> this guy gets in fistfights, you know, buying groceries. So This is true. That, and then, you know, it's kind of the, the big hit and run with Haruka, and then all of a sudden you're saddled with his baby and you're looking down. How do we feel about that setup? It, it's, it's very different, I would say, in tonally than the previous couple entries in the game. 
So the way that they that they kind of make that work, make just the the setup of Kiryu having a child that he is responsible for uh-huh. um, work with the fact that, yeah, constantly getting into street fights, etc., is that he leaves the kid with people a lot. Sure. And I understand that you kind of had to do that in order to have everything function, but it is pretty funny that, like, he meets this you know th- this small bar mama and immediately like he has known this woman for less than an hour and he is already entrusting this child to her so that he can go beat some guy <laughs> up who called him old in the street like yeah. he he's just he's very willing to pass along this child to new yakuza friends people he's just met bartenders um you know, and yeah, even just, when he starts know, a, a fight in the middle of the street he yes. passes off Here, the baby to just, yeah, so just an onlooker yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah um i so one of the things i i was thinking about now it, it says a lot about his kiryu's upbringing in his orphanage and his situation um but he is so against haruto going into like basically the child protection, the mm-hmm. Japanese equivalent of the of the child protective system. I forget what they call it, the family services or whatever it was called. That he's willing to fight one of his best friends in a nursery, mind you, um, to to make sure that he can take Haruto out of the out of the nursery. But then once he has Haruto, he doesn't really have a problem leaving Haruto with open members of the yakuza. So like, not I, even his own yakuza. Right. Like this yeah. is a different yakuza. Yeah. Um. So I found it a little a, a little odd, but that but then again it it does kind of paint that story though, right? It sets the scenario of Haruka's injured, you know, on her deathbed, and Kiryu could have been there to protect her, but wasn't, and it kind of sets him off on that tale of like you know that that classic protection tale. How do I keep these kids safe? How do I keep my family in big air quotes? The Fast and Furious definition of family. How do I keep them safe? Um, so. I have a related question um, sure. th- that I'm not I'm not sure we have a real answer to. At this point, who's taking care of the orphanage? Like, are the kids just kind of running the orphanage? Because that's what it yeah, seems like. That's okay. Because yeah, I was yeah. going to say, I mean, if he's running this orphanage and it's a I'm not going to say it's not a legitimately run orphanage, but like if there were like adults maybe in charge of the orphanage then that would have solved a lot of problems because you could take the child and place them in your orphanage that you run and and maybe not have to like entrust entrust him to strangers um i I don't know i i it's it's a very video game solution to the problem (laughs) which is fine i mean i I'm, i'm not I'm not saying that that's a huge problem for me. I just it was it was noticeable. I thought, yeah, yeah, they leave the orphanage to their own devices quite a lot, actually. Yeah, that as well. Well, towards yeah. the end, you know, you've got Haruka back, and you've got um her. I I don't know whether he's her husband now or her her baby daddy. Let's say um, <laughs> yeah. comes comes back uh with her. Yeah. So you know, they, a- they, AKA they, Lil Low. <laughs> yeah, yes, Lil Low. Yeah, Lil Baby Low. <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, so, so, I mean, you know, there are, there are at least older kids, if not exactly adults, sure. maybe. Um, and you know, that, that makes a little bit more sense, but, and I mean, I, there aren't any super young kids at the orphanage cause it has been a while. I, I would imagine that some of these kids are approaching 
legal adulthood, even if they're sure. not, you know, mm -hmm. maybe adults, maybe we would consider them not adults, but, you know, I guess it depends on your perspective. Yeah, it definitely, as as you both have said, the orphanage just kind of, like, becomes that, like, MacGuffin hanging over Kiryu's head as opposed to, like, a real functioning place that, you know, human children live. Imagine um, some uh, sort of official inspection just passing by, you know? Like, where are the that's guardians? That's what I'm thinking, like, does that... Yeah. And, and, of course, these happens. kids are, are kind of, uh, you know, they've... They've become bigger over the years, of course, since Yakuza 3. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they can't oh, really sorry, fulfill the role of, a, of an official guardian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that set up, uh, like it or not, Kiryu with a baby and orphanage left to the whims of the world. Um, that is where uh, we kind of start on this journey. And, and it really goes in a lot of different places. So before we get into the meat and potatoes of the plot, I thought we'd take a little bit of a detour and talk about the changes to the actual gameplay in Yakuza 6. Uh, Kieran DC from the Patreon says, After playing through the previous six Yakuza games, I was starting to get bored of the series. Luckily, the team at RGG used a new engine and made everything feel fresh again. The combat, the baseball minigame, beat Takeshi in the cast, and the doors. Oh, the doors. Never have I felt such joy in the simple process of opening a door and watching Kiri walk through it. The seamless camera shift from entering to exit. Every single time there was a friction of excitement as I approached the door and a buzz of adrenaline as I went through it to the other side. It just felt so right. The new location, Onomichi, was fun and the story was bonkers, but there's one takeaway I have from Yakuza 6. It's the sublime beauty of the humble door. Um, so, Mikhail, I'd like to ask you about this because I believe you're the only one who has played all these on their original hardware. Yeah. What what changes did you see and feel from the use of the Dragon Engine here? Um, it took me a long time to get used to... I mean, of course, this is the first of the games that I played on uh, PS4. So going from okay. Yakuza 5 on PS3 to Yakuza 6 on PS4 is quite a jump. Um, so yeah, everything looked really quite spectacular. But mm -hmm. at the same time, maybe it's was because I was playing on a base PS4. Uh, there's a lot of screen tearing and like the uh, edges of structures and um, environments come off very unstable. You know, like there's oh, a really? lot of sort of jittering and uh, and and like uh, moving jaggies and and that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. So one, if you're not moving around a lot, it looks really nice. But once you start moving, everything starts feeling a little bit unstable. And then there is the physics uh, engine uh, part of the Dragon Engine that, yeah, I could deal with sort of outside of combat, but in inside of combat, I actually felt it was more of, yeah, it was definitely more of a step back. Rather than having those sort of locked-in animations, uh, you're kind of like sometimes just ragdolling all over the place. Uh -huh. uh, and yeah. the sa same as with enemies, you know, you throw in enemies before you had, a, like like a set distance to where you could follow up with attacks and everything. But here they can just kind of unpredictably bounce around, which makes things very, uh, uh, yeah, very uh, unreliable. And then there's the whole thing that, you know, because of all that, because it misses that kind of snappiness, uh, you feel like, you feel like it, it all feels very clumsy. You know, you're like bumping into stuff and stumbling over and mm -hmm. uh, it becomes that sort of, I hate to say it, like you, you know, the 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 modern gaming uh, side of things, where you know, in cinematic modern games, where 
um, characters are supposedly moving more realistic, but everything just feels sloppier. Uh, you get these upgrade systems where you feel like, okay, I'm upgrading my characters in order. I'm upgrading my character in order for the controls not to suck. You know that sort of thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I've, I I wasn't really happy with it. I learned to deal with it over time, and you know, uh, the combat is not. I mean, we'll go deeper into the combat later on. Mm-hmm. It's it's not super challenging, and you kind of learn how to direct and manage the chaos that erupts around you. You learn sure. some uh, some go-to moves and everything to make everything as painless as possible. But yeah, I kind of missed how, even though the combat was never the greatest strength for me of the Yakuza series, it's more the sum of their parts rather than just the combat in itself, but I felt like, yeah, it, it, I missed that snappiness of the older games. Mm. Um, so... I I can't speak necessarily to direct engine changes because I've the, the only the Oxygen games I've played have been either the Kwamis or the remasters or or the newer games. So I'm used to kind of some of those more modern things that that if you played on original hardware you wouldn't be used to. But one of the things that I will say that I definitely miss, and this leads right into gameplay because you already mentioned the combat styles, is it in the in the previous two Yakuza games I had gotten very used to having an array of styles at my kind of at my fingertip, whether it was having chapters that were specifically geared towards different characters, like, for example, in Yakuza 4, moving on from... Yeah. Uh, moving, like, to, 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 to Saijima, for example, where now all of a sudden I'm kind of like a grappler, like a big heavy attack guy, and then moving from him to, say, uh, Akiyama, who's very quick and very powerful but gets in and out really quickly. Like, I got used to having kind of... Or mm. even in Yakuza 0 where you could... You could switch, and I know you haven't played that, uh, McKeel, but I know you have, Leah, where you could switch the kind of styles on the fly that your character is using for combat. Yeah. Um, so It's very funny because I got, I'm got i used to Kiryu just playing one single way because I've never right. matched with... I've never played the, the games where he has multiple fighting styles. So, yeah, I was kind of okay with that. Okay. Um, yeah, having not having multiple protagonists... Um, to that switch up the gameplay, um, is uh is something, yeah, you, you know, I could see that that also like uh I could have seen that as an issue, but I also kind of appreciated what they were trying to achieve with Yakuza Six overall is that they mm-hmm. wanted this to be a more personal final chapter for Kiryu, right? So right, it makes right. sense to sort of move everybody a little bit more to the background. They still mm-hmm. play some roles in there, Akiyama especially. Mm-hmm. He, uh, you know, he has a couple of things to do. Uh, yeah. Daigo, uh, Majima, and uh, um, Saijima are, of course, jailed for most uh, most of the game. But I kind of, you know, I kind of appreciate that they wanted to just give Kiryu his space for his uh, his final sure. uh, final chapter. Yeah. Now, Leah, how did you feel about the switch back to? one character, one Kiryu to rule them all type of thing. Like did that did that make the game feel one note to you? Or was it uh was it like a welcome change to go back to just focusing on, you know, the man himself? So I I largely agree with what McKeel was saying. I, I think that the way that the story is set up and the focus that it has lends itself pretty well to just focusing on Kiryu in a combat sense as well. Um, it, it, I, I always appreciate a little bit of variety, but by the same token, I'm not 
I'm not a fighting game person. I play these games on a pretty low difficulty level, usually the lowest difficulty level, mm -hmm. because that's not necessarily why I'm playing them personally most of the time. I'm playing them more for the content and the story and the side stuff and, you know, all the, the, the capital D drama. So, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah it, it wasn't it wasn't really a, a, a problem for me. I. I did feel like the combat was pretty one note, and I don't know if that would have changed if I were attempting to play on a higher difficulty level or not. Um, that's something that uh, Brian, you and I briefly mentioned. I hope McKeel has something interesting to say about the combat because <laughs> we don't really. It's like yeah. square, 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 triangle, like just repeat ad infinitum. <laughs> um, yeah. But um, yeah, I, 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 I thought it was fine combat wise serviceable uh and you know i i mentioned before that you know no almost no majima um which which did make me sad but um i i would say that probably my next the the character i would next most want to see from the series is akiyama and he is there you don't play as him but he he has a, a reasonably significant role sure, in yeah. in the story so i mm. uh, appreciated that that was there and i and i mean this this has this has been a series that has pretty much centered on kiryu even when you're not playing as him and he's just he's just like this ultimate legend at this point sure yeah so i mean i i don't I don't know that they could have kept going with him as a main protagonist because like he just he the nothing is endangers him at all. Like he he can fight literal armies by himself and barely take a scratch and it's just it's, it just made me laugh like oh you know, they're, they're saying like Aniki, I mean you're really tough yeah. but you can't you can't just beat the whole Yoma alliance and Yeah, exactly. I was just like, thinking my mind, kid, just just watch does. me. I I've, I've I've done in larger groups of people, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to grab this guy by his ankles and swing him around a couple of times. That ought to take out at least a third of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I believe, I believe at the end of the first act of Yakuza 5, he fights the entire Tojo clan. I'm mm -hmm. like, I'm 99 exactly. I'm sure that happened. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah no, it's, it's, it's wild. Um, so speaking, you, you brought it up a couple times, and I agree with you, Leah. I, I had a very similar experience with the combat where I'm always, the, the thing that I'm focused on, is trying to unlock as many heat actions as quickly as possible because I find mm -hmm. them both very powerful and also wildly entertaining and brutal and uh, but you know most times I'm I'm laughing at them more than I'm cringing at them. Sometimes I don't know they they get pretty. Some of them are really painful looking. Like, Some of yeah. those Kiryu, we've joked about like Kiryu saying, "Oh, I don't yeah. kill people." The hell you don't! Like yeah. there yeah. are some of these people who are dead. You. Have I was going to say they always get up and apologize, but in this game they kind of sort of <laughs> blink out of existence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah the one the, the one I'm thinking of specifically that I just know is a murder. There's no other. <laughs> word for is basically the equivalent of like a a pocket knife or jackknife where you stab it into the enemy's stomach and then kick or knee the knife further into their yeah. abdomen mm -hmm. and then yeah. kick them in the face and they're, they're yeah, they'll be fine they'll just yeah. go to the hospital you know even if yeah. he hasn't killed these people and i don't see how he couldn't he has given them life destroying injuries so. <laughs> exactly eh? yeah there's a lot of a lot of the pudding of spine in the future. Ruptured. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, a lot of oatmeal and pudding in the future Oof. for his uh, his battle participants. <laughs> yeah. Um. So so speaking of the battling, uh, McKeel, I, I not meaning to punt to you as the combat expert, but you certainly 
appreciate the nuance in these games um, as much as anybody that I've had the pleasure of talking to about yeah, them. Maybe a, a little bit more, you know, like, yeah. uh, but it it's really depends on the amount of enemies you're fighting, like mm-hmm. what your, what my tactics are. Uh, because I was, I was wondering like, if you just square, square, square triangle all the time, um, that's going to get you s- screwed up in this game. I think because, for the large part, if you don't participate in certain side activities, you don't earn a whole lot of money. Mm. And it's also not that easy to buy health items. I mean, if you right. play on the lower difficulties, it's maybe not or on the low difficulties, maybe not such an issue. But uh, yeah, I've gotten to many parts where, uh, yeah, I didn't have a whole lot of health items. And, you know, if you just lay into everybody with the, with the same combo, you, yeah, you're not you'll see a lot of continuous screens at least you know you'll mm-hmm. have to press continue a lot because yeah you you have groups of enemies which kind of force you to play a certain way then you got heavies that you need to deal with a certain way you got this the quaker enemies that you need to deal with a certain way it's got it's kind of rock paper scissors i guess in that sense like you know like certain enemies you are perfectly fine blocking but then other enemies that carry weapons for example you really need to dance around because even if you yeah. block those weapons do a ton of damage to you mm-hmm. and uh yeah and then other enemies you you might want to try and grab and get a hold of for example you know so you you do need to kind of switch up tactics a little bit and then once you start unlocking more moves like from your from your sort of uh, quick steps you can do certain certain attacks and then you know you learn What's what? What are effective follow-ups to what you've just done? And yeah, that sort of thing. It's it's never the strongest part for me to combat, but there is. You can put a little bit more thought into it and be a little bit more tactical about it. Uh, so, well, the way I view the combat in these games, how it works for me personally, is I try to view it like Virtua Fighter. Actually, not just make another Sega comparison, but yeah. to me, it's always about. Not the X and Y axis, but that Z axis, right? So if you can if you can dodge or sidestep at the right time when an enemy's mid attack animation, you're yeah. gonna get around to their backside, and you're gonna get even on bosses, you'll get a three hit combo in before they can make any move toward you. Now yeah. certain enemies recover from that, or they'll roll away from it, but that's basically my strategy for for dealing with almost every enemy in the game. Um, yeah, but. But then you also have so a couple of things that they've added in the, this game. Well, we've always had the weapons that were available, obviously, things along the street. And I, I, I've put in here in the show notes just because I, I want to bring it up, is that when you do the triple heavy attack with a bicycle and he spins around three times <laughs> with that bicycle and just lays waste to a mob, that is, that's one of the best feelings in video games to me personally. <laughs> like, it's never yeah. not enjoyable. Um, to do that anytime i will i will run into trouble to grab a bicycle um, yeah yeah that's you <laughs> also time. notice that in this game at least on normal difficulties enemies are pretty aggressive right yeah like absolutely. uh like if you get into a group of enemies it's not like maybe in a lot of other yakuza games where they kind of take turns attacking you know they're all laying into you at the same time and um so uh, leah mentioned it already i found the just the the circle button like the the grab uh, the hold and then press circle again to swing the person that you were holding around and and fling them into a whole group of enemies that was always a good opener if you do battle with a whole group of enemies you know to to knock a whole bunch of people to the ground and then you can just back up do a running drop kick into the rest uh and that, at that point you usually already have enough uh heat gauge uh, accumulated to where you can start accessing ex- uh, extreme heat mode and then you mm. can do 
uh, once you've unlocked those heat actions, like the one where you um, sort of curb stomp one enemy and then grab another one and dump them on top of the uh, the yeah. first one, and yeah. so you take out two enemies all at once. That 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 is usually a good go to technique to clear out a lot of fodder that it does that is around yeah. you, you know. And then of course uh, in extreme heat mode. Uh, the uh, the new added uh, rush combo is very yeah. handy to take take on uh, an enemy with a larger health bar, um, and then I think it depends on how many orbs you have filled on what the follow up uh, option is after the after the rush combo, mm-hmm. like whether you sort of push their fist into their face or whether you do like a, a succession of moves, um, and uh, I found it was. Even without having upgraded Kiryu a whole lot, it was fairly easy to fill the heat gauge, which mm-hmm. uh, yeah. was a relief after having to deal with that final boss of Yakuza 5, uh, that oh, of, yeah. on which I couldn't get any sort of offense going, and I just burned through all my health uh, items, who had, of course, also a ton of, um, ton of health bars that boss did. And in this game, most of the bosses go down pretty fast. You know, they don't have, like, a bazillion health bars to go through. It's just a single one. Yeah. That's what yeah. I was going to ask, ask you about that, because I found there was only one uh, combat encounter I could think of where I really struggled, and I use end up using extreme heat mode to get through it, and it's actually one that um, Leah had mentioned to me uh, on the Slack channel that we talk on. It, it's in the uh, the old Soapland where you have to go meet Big Low. There is a, <laughs> a, a, there's a gigantic gentleman. Um, how would you describe him, Leah? Uh, oh, you mean the gimp? Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, he, I, he, when he showed up again, I, I was just, it was one of those moments where I didn't have, uh, really didn't have many health items. I didn't realize how long of a section of gameplay this was going to be when I got I missed the QTE it. also there, so he dragged yeah, me down me by I my ankle too, and I had to fight him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah me too. Um, <laughs> the hangman, he's called. Yeah, hangman, yeah. thank you. Um, and yeah. the only way I was able to beat that fight was I had a couple torrenters on me, which of course only upgrades your heat or, you know, fills your heat gauge. And yeah. I used that and then went into extreme heat mode. So I found it to be you know, pretty useful in a pinch there. Yeah. Although yeah. I will say something, uh, and I, I think this is engine related, um, something that was an improvement on, on that front, you can stack your items now. So like you can mm. have a stack of, mm. I think it's only five in a stack, but still it's better than having to take one inventory slot for each individual item healing yeah, item right. that you are carrying yeah. with you. So. And I, I believe you can increase how many items of one type you can stack, but Ooh. I didn't get to that point yet. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, and so one good technique also on the bosses is because they go into heat mode as well at some point, mm-hmm. which uh, is trouble usually because a lot of your stuff doesn't work on them anymore and they uh, do a lot more damage. So one thing that worked on most bosses was instead of Doing your regular combos when you are not in heat uh, and not that not doing a whole lot was just to grab them and do a, a triangle or a heavy attack mm-hmm. to to punch them down to the ground. That almost always worked, and that immediately got my heat up as well. So yeah, I found a couple of tricks to nice. make the combat fairly painless. You know, I don't think yeah. that your heat decreases unless you're using it, though, does it? Like because I, I mean, in most of the other games, in fact, I think in all of the other games. Like if if you get hit, then it's gonna kind of drain your heat. Yeah, um, it do- I think it does, but um, I never really had a problem with it. So maybe yeah, it's I, just I, a lower. It was uh, hard to effect. to grab. 
I, it was hard to get a grasp on, but I think mm -hmm. it does. But even if you just have one orb filled, you can already activate yeah. uh, extreme yeah. heat mode. Only it will last shorter and your extreme heat actions are not as powerful, you know? That was maybe the one complaint I had about the, the heat gauge in this one is that I found it very difficult to tell whether or not I was close to filling an orb or not. Um, yeah. Like it was, it would just like, it would just glow blue a little bit brighter. And then all of a sudden it's, you know, on fire. But like, I, I was, I normally you can see it and maybe it's just the way it was visually represented. Maybe it's a me problem, but I would just feel like, you know, one or two more hits and this thing's going to pop off. And there's sometimes where I would do five, six, seven hits and it still hadn't gone yet. Yeah. And other times yeah. I seems like I would be seemingly full of them and, and hadn't even noticed it had filled. So maybe just not enough language conveyed to me to, to let me know that I was close to it having enough heat to activate heat mode. Um, but yeah, I think you're, you're right though. Um, the, the grabbing with the bosses, which is something that I feel like in previous games, I'm thinking specifically of the, the four rooftop fights at the end of Yakuza four, where <laughs> those fights are, are pretty, pretty difficult. Um, yeah. I would say and that when fights. you, I remember that when you grab them, they just shook themselves loose. Exactly. They were, it was impossible to grab. So I had to kind yeah. of get myself to retrain my brain to say, it's okay <laughs> to do this. Not yeah, yeah. I'm going to do this and lose half my health bar. Cause they're going <laughs> to kill me. Um, but yeah, yeah, interesting, interesting way to kind of shake it up there. Um, yeah. so leveling up is a little bit different in this one. Uh, there were five different categories of XP that you would seemingly get for creating or creating completing, should I say tasks around the world. Um, you would, for doing anything, if yeah, you're really, playing the get, arcade games, you could yep. uh, get XP for Eating. Yeah. yeah, so this is the, maybe my, my one complaint about the leveling system. I like, at, at its core, I believe I like it because yeah. it incentivizes you as the player to interact with everything. Even yeah. if you're just going to do a claw machine uh, for a kid who wants a claw machine dollar, you're going to get some XP from it. But yeah. the problem that I had, and I ended up reading a lot of guides and stuff online about it, um, were the blue and, and, and green XP orbs, which I believe are Technique, mm. and I can't remember what the other one, Spirit, maybe, I can't remember. Um, but basically, I would have a system where I had to, well, first of all, I had to upgrade the, get the upgrade to what I could eat after I became full. And then I would go to a specific restaurant and order a specific combo, which isn't on the menu. It's just a bonus combo that if you order these three things together, and then it would give me like a multiplier of green XP. So I was always going to Sushi Jin and ordering mm. the same three things. I mean, Kiryu ate a lot of stuff at this restaurant to get me the green XP I wanted. Um, right. Did you guys find yourself having any trouble? Like, I felt like I red and yellow XP I had like boatloads of, and then the rest I kind of, it was like a hit and miss. I wasn't really interacting with it on that level. I just did did my thing, you know, and just saw what kind of XP I would get for it. I like like you. I like the idea in principle that everything you do gives you some form of XP, and the the idea that it's different types and different categories of XP is also cool. But what made it tough for me was like it was very impenetrable of how you know how how you eventually distribute it among your over your stats like mm -hmm. like how did that work and on multiple occasions the game tells you in one way or another yeah you need to max out all your base stats first so i was just dumping everything on my, on my base stats mm -hmm. and then i when i went through the tabs oh you you know would be handy to have this move would be handy to have that move but then it was tough to for me to tell uh, i got a little bit of a better grip uh, on it throughout the game but like how am i even going to unlock a lot of these actions and right. moves yeah. yeah, and and attributes. 
do you want a Final Fantasy 2? Because this is how you get a Final Fantasy 2. Um, <laughs> hitting yourself for more hit points. Um, so that, I, I'm mostly kidding. I, I did think that this was fine. I I didn't have as much of a problem with blue and green. I, I think in the early game, I remember having a lot of trouble finding purple. Okay. Um, mm. And I think that's mostly because I really wanted to get a lot of the purple abilities, which sure. are you get more XP for this now. So, mm. I mean, if I know anything about RPGs, it's you always get the thing that gives you more XP before you get anything else. So I I kind of focused in on those and, and the the um just base stats, like Miguel was saying. Um and I I mean I, I did the other categories eventually, but I, I think by that time I had bumped up my other kind of abilities to get more XP that I was, uh, I, I won't say I was swimming in it because I definitely was not, but I, I was, I, I was at a reasonable point, I think. Um, and we haven't really talked about side stuff as much, but in most other Yakuza games, I typically would find the mini game or the side hustle and spend a whole lot of time yeah. on that. And then I would either end up with so much XP or so much money that I would not have to worry about it for the rest of the game. So, like, the Hostess Clubs, basically, is what I'm talking about. I love the Hostess Clubs. <laughs> of course. Um, and the, and yeah. the, the real estate game, you know, and, like, yeah. that, that kind of stuff. And I just, I know that there are things there that you could probably do that with, but I didn't really find myself locked into any of them on this hmm. particular playthrough. Like, I know that the baseball stuff was there, I didn't unlock it until the very end of the game, so mm -hmm. I don't know whether I just missed the trigger or what happened there, but like, it, I was at the point where, like, if you leave Onamichi, you can't really come back. So I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to play ten games of baseball in a row right now, so <laughs> I'll don't? play, like, two. <laughs> uh, in fact, I think maybe I only played one, and I'm like, alright, well, I've done this. I can go now. <laughs> so Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did that with a lot of things, yeah. 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 And, but, but I feel like I missed stuff in this game side quest wise, because I wasn't poking my head into every single corner like I might and, have on a different game. And it didn't have for for the most part, um, something I really like that some of the other games do and some of them don't, but um is to have like side quests marked on the map. Like you can yeah, go no, over here. Or, or at least at that. a certain point you get them marked on the map. Maybe you don't start with that, but this doesn't have that. So like there were a couple of side quests like there's one in a cat cafe that i only knew about because i had done or i'd seen something i'd seen some video with kiryu and cats and i was like well i have to look that up obviously and <laughs> you know it was not something i ever would have found if i hadn't already been looking for it mm, so yeah I, I i don't know i i i this is not this was not my favorite game for how it handled side quests um it, but the xp that i typically would have gotten from something like that I didn't feel like it was necessarily a shortage. Sure. Yeah. I, I did eat a lot. I, I did a lot of the, um, I, for, for some reason, I really just enjoy checking off the, um, yeah. you know, like yeah, all the food good. that you can eat. So I, I did a lot of that. Yeah. This game's never good. failed to make me hungry or thirsty. Yes. No yes. doubt. I want, oh my God. All I want is takoyaki every single time. <laughs> it's so awesome. Yeah. Um, so just, uh, a little other thing to mention here is they, they there is gear, there's equipable items. Um, I I have gone down the rabbit hole with gear in Yakuza games before, and like what 
amulet or charm to have with me. For some reason, this game, it didn't... I wasn't really thinking about it that much. I'm not sure if it's because in a lot of the other games I would equip a charm that might, like, make me luckier at Blackjack or Shogi <laughs> or something, you know what I mean? It's part of, like, a side activity. Um, but did, did you guys interact with the gear? Were, were you were you considering your loadout at all when playing this game, or were you like me and it kind of was just a, if I have something with a better number, I'll put it in there? It was that for me, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, me um, as well. I yeah, wore boomerang I, briefs almost throughout, and uh, the, the fighter... Uh, um, wristband that i got from yeah. the onomichio side quest yeah yeah i had like a um uh it was like a bloody fundoshi or something along oh, those yeah. lines and i'm like okay well that's cool i'm gonna wear this and um and didn't really look at it much after that like if yeah. i like you said brian if i got something i'm like well i guess i should go in and compare and see if this is better than what i've got and usually it was not so <laughs> right yeah the funny thing as well about the whole experience system and all the um you know all the modifiers the games are never in terms of combat deep enough to where you know you feel like you really have to optimize Kiryu or anything you know you can do all a ton of damage bloody well without uh, you know really getting into all those uh, all the nitty gritty of that hmm. yeah yeah, it's it's certainly it's one of those things, and and I think this is. I was speaking uh, with a friend of mine, listener to the show, uh, about the Akza series. He was kind of picking my brain for what I like so much about it, and I think what I like so much about it is one of the things that frustrates him about the series is that it it really is a jack of all trades, master of none situation where he gets frustrated that there's not one thing for him to sink his teeth to, and I love the fact that there's four million things for me to nibble at. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I think that the, you know, your your mileage will vary with that stuff. Um, and yeah. uh, so it's 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 interesting to to hear that now that here we are six games, seven games into the franchise. It's more point. like yeah, because I was more like going to an Ethiopian restaurant and ordering all those little dishes, you know, like mm -hmm. uh, right. like all those little different kinds of curries, rather than having one big substantial meal. Um, but we're Americans, Mikhail, so we just eat a lot of everything. Is that okay? Can we do that there? Sure, sure. Okay, sure. perfect. All right. I'll allow it. <laughs> okay, thanks. <laughs> so before we get too much into the side stuff and to all the side activities, I really do want to talk to you guys about Kiryu fighting ghosts. Um, however... <laughs> what um, a great side quest. <laughs> it's fantastic. Uh, well, let's talk about the plot because uh, there is a lot of it. Uh, Veronica Jane from our Patreon says, Yakuza 6 is an odd duck. As a Yakuza game, I love it as much as any other in the series, but is the final Kiryu story ever? Well, it certainly defied my expectations. The whole game, I was convinced that the secret of Onomichi was going to have something to do with Kiryu, this being his final story and all, but no, the secret was a big boat. I can honestly say Kiryu fakes his death and abandons the children who are the only thing that seemed to have ever brought him real happiness in order to protect the existence of the Japanese Illuminati was not the ending for the character I expected when I first started Yakuza Kiwami. Still, bizarre plot ending aside, it has all the things I love about the Yakuza series. The most dramatic of drama, the most comedic of comedy, ridiculous heat actions, pointless minigames, catchy karaoke songs, and most importantly, grown men using a baby as a rugby ball. <laughs> he really did um, use that baby as a rugby ball. <laughs> and he liked uh, it. R.I.P. Kiryu, gone forever, and definitely not appearing in any more Yakuza games almost immediately. Um, <laughs> thank you, Veronica Jane. Um, so, yeah, uh... It's there's a lot to Yakuza six. We could spend hours upon hours going over every bit of plot. Um, I will not bore the listeners to death with that. But 
One of the things I want to talk about up front, and it's something that I've heard tossed around about the series before, specifically by our own Rich Davison, who um, who who I've talked about at great length um, about Yaxa with, is is whether or not the Yaxa games as kind of a whole are xenophobic um, in the sense that, and, I, and I'll tell you where I'm coming from with this, and I'd like both your thoughts on it before we move on. Um, so we start out, you know, the Tojo clan and the Omi Alliance, and, and you're going through these things uh, with them. But it always feels that, like, and in this game it was apparent, it was very apparent to me from the beginning, and then it kind of turned it on its head at the end, where that the big threat was the Sayo Triad, the Chinese um, gang coming into Kamarocho and taking over Little Asia. And then, later on, the Jingwan Mafia, which is the Korean um, Mafia faction, coming in and, and getting their hands in the mix. And it and it, it does feel right off the bat. Now, it turns out to be a whole elaborate prop um, hatched by um, the the shipbuilding company and the, and the Yome Alliance and all these things about this big secret, which we'll get into. But it automatically portrayed, to me, it felt like it was portraying the foreigners as the bad guys. Now, it does turn this on its head 400 times, come back around. But is that is that a trope or a something that this series leans on too often or am I reading into it a little bit much? What, what do you guys think about that? I think from our perspective, yeah. I mean, yeah. there is always, almost always, in, uh, well, almost always, at least in a lot of the games, there is sort of the foreigners being the, the enemy, you know, like mm. being this uh, external threat. Uh, but then on the other hand, I mean, I don't think I have enough knowledge of, Japanese culture to see how that kind of fits in, you know, like how mm. xenophobic this xenophobia is. Maybe they're trying to show a more redeeming side of uh, of non-Japanese sometimes in the in the games as well. It's kind of tough for us as not being part of the, that culture to sort of yeah judge that uh, to to that degree. Um, so I, if if I can, I I, I agree to an extent. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I, we've talked about this a bit on some of the previous shows, but yes, it is definitely a cultural thing that is the reason why that particular plot element is included. However, I don't think it gets a free pass because of that. Because, I mean, you could argue that, and I can say this because Brian and I are Americans, Americans don't always like people who aren't white, let's say. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, that doesn't mean that if it was included in a game, it would be okay, because that's just how Americans think. So I I, I do agree. So I, I agree that I don't have maybe the knowledge in order to completely make it a condemnation, but I also don't think that we can just brush it aside, if that makes sense. Now, I, I, for me, I, I think everybody has to have their own kind of limitations on this or mm-hmm. their own, like, I know that this is something um, that really bothers Rich, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's part of the reason that he is not a fan of this series. And I get that. It's not something... While it is something that I notice, it is not something that, to me, makes a big enough impact to distract from, or not to distract, but, like, to completely deter me from playing the games. Um, In this game in particular, I think it's kind of an interesting twist, because you do still get some of the 
yeah, Chinese people and Koreans are evil and here's why. But you also get a little bit of a story that you didn't really see in the series up to this point, which is that, yeah, you know what? The Japanese people all aren't always that great either. And maybe the fact that, you know, we're, we're trying to um, clash with this is, is bad on both sides slash maybe good on both sides. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know this, this story felt a little less bad in that respect. Yeah. Sure. And, and yeah. let me, let me, just say also that I'm not trying to brush the the topic no, aside. No, no. It's just I, I, I feel I feel it tough for us, sure. you know, non-Japanese, not being part of that culture, to really get to the core of this. You know, right? We, no, we can we can only bad. look at it from our outsider perspective. Absolutely. Um, and what I found su surprising actually um, is the uh, the discovery of uh, more than one character that they're actually of Chinese heritage. Um, didn't go over as awful as I thought it was going to be. You know? Sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. so that's so that's maybe, and this is, I think this might be an answer. Like I said, we're not going to come, as you said, Michiel, Michiel, we're not going to come to the to the grips of it because none of us are from that culture and know all the different, you know, cultural implications of the things that are being shown. But yeah. the one thing I will say that I that I really love about this series is that Kiryu doesn't seem to care. Like Kiryu yeah. doesn't doesn't discriminate kiryu doesn't like kiryu just sees asses to kick <laughs> say they're all just of, heads to be smashed or, yeah or, or or what have you but he also like like when it was when for example you already mentioned when yuda um it becomes known that he is actually one of the high hazis one of the um the, which is a plot element in this game wow you can't talk about this secret game. triad air <laughs> yeah so but basically that he was of of chinese uh descent and he that is haruto's father yeah. um and and there's not ever never a moment of like even among his contemporaries in the Japanese mafia that he's in there's never a moment of like wait he's Chinese and like that's never like seen as a negative or a positive it's just no. kind of it just kind of is so like I like that they treat treat it in this game as you said Leah with I guess a little bit more like matter of fact of like oh yeah all humans from everywhere are pretty terrible um and then you've got yeah. good ones trying to do good things like I I did like that but also it's such a hard start for me when I started that game and immediately the, you know, the, the, the Chinese, it, it, it portrays it as, even though it's not the truth, that the Sayo triad has burnt down Little Asia to take over. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, if, it's if a tough look... way to get me, like, on board. But then, like, as Leah said, I do think it comes around maybe farther in a lot of senses than than other games in the series did. Yeah. If you look at uh, hardline ultra-nationalist uh you know, Japanese xenophobia, from what I've read up on it, you know, supposedly they would be able to smell if somebody would be Chinese, you know, to put it really crudely, mm -hmm. uh, which doesn't happen. You know, people just kind of, um, you know, so, sort of get uh, uncovered as, oh, they're actually high hati. They're like the second born uh, out of a family that, uh, you know, under the Chinese rule of oh, one one child per, per family. Um, and, yeah, it's uh, it's this thing where it almost, you know, oh, another person appears to be Chinese. It got me, I started playing this, uh, and then my 15-year-old uh, daughter started watching along with me, and she forbid me to play without her because she wanted to see where the story was going. Mm, and we, yeah. we kind of started joking, I bet, like the secret of Onomichi is that actually everybody who lives there is Chinese. Mm -hmm. uh, 
Yeah, but uh, yeah, the 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 only thing that I felt was, uh, you know, outright xenophobic was uh, where where you just can't make an excuse for it is um, when Big Low, my man Big Low, mm-hmm. uh, exclaims that he would have killed the child, which you know upsets Kiryu. Uh, like we would have killed Haruto, and then they say, "Oh yeah, we just chalked that up to cultural differences." <laughs> right. Yeah. I thought it would, that that didn't feel good, you know. No, absolutely. In that sense. But Kiryu yeah. doesn't care that uh, that um, that Yuta is is Chinese. He just cares that he's been banging his daughter. So um... <laughs> yeah, I I do. So there's like that that moment. Um. So and Makiel is 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 a father, and as am I. And I know that Kiryu has been, at best, an absentee father figure <laughs> in, in her life. Like, I mean, yeah. he is not, like, he did not, the, he wasn't changing diapers, he wasn't doing the thing. Like, he was mostly smoking and drinking and fighting while other people did all the stuff. But anyway, point being, let's just assume that he's her father. For And then yeah. when, when Yuda was found out and he's... And he was all like, "Well, you got to take care of Hartun." Like he, like Kiryu was very chill about this in a yeah, way yeah. that that does not that like Kiryu solves everything by punching it. So well, he does put you to he, through. A he does glass he does then, punch know. him, but that's yeah. because because he felt like uh, Yuta was uh, trying to you know run away from his responsibilities. <laughs> I guess for Kiryu, was, that yeah. is pretty light. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. He still has You're all his teeth. Right. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but he, but yeah, actually, he didn't have issues that uh, they had a thing together. It was more like, oh, you know, that's that was his whole purpose, also, right? From trying to find a father, just right, trying to make the fathers, you know, make him aware of his responsibilities. Well, we've we've talked about Yuda a little bit here. I want to talk about the rest of the Hirose family in uh, Hiroshima. Um, I found what a lovely bunch. Yeah, I oh, yeah, really I liked them. Really liked them. Um, I am, and now, of course, I am losing my mind. Um, Nagumo, Nagumo. Um, yeah. That the way that relationship builds from, Kir- like him insulting Kiryu in the bar because the girl that he loves, who he won't tell that he loves, is looking at Kiryu like he's a piece of meat, even though she's just <laughs> serving him drinks and wa- yeah. and well, you watching would, the baby. Wouldn't you? I mean, yeah. Well, truth, yeah. Um, but like, so like, it all starts uh, like everything does in these games with a I'm challenging you to a fight to the death in the alley, and then turns into just like this, like everything's on a key. Anybody who doesn't respect <laughs> Kiryu gets punched in the face by Nagamo. Like, I loved that like blind following based on the fact that he could impress the girl that <laughs> that he loved. I don't know. There was something very earnest about that crew. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess really I guess that whole relationship kind of. I I don't think it's necessarily completely because they're yakuza, but it is, or, or it has been presented, I should say, as a society or a um like a lifestyle in which strength is respected almost above everything else, mm. at least traditionally. Now, I mean, you can argue that like money is more respected than that, and that's part of the whole conflict in the story, <laughs> but mm. um. But I mean, they are from a a branch or a like kind of almost a belief system, I guess, that says that if if he can kick your ass, then he's better than you are. So you should probably just suck up to him, unless you're going to become <laughs> mortal enemies. Um, 
And I don't think that's what he's doing to be that that's what Nagamo is doing. Like I don't think he's just sucking up. Like he genuinely is he has respect and and you know really just sees Kiryu in this hugely positive light after that whole little thing in the beginning. Mm-hmm. He was so. my daughter's favorite character as well. Yeah. 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 Was- when um I also love his kind of the way he's flabbergasted when Kiryu's like, I'm going back to Kamurocho, I'm going by myself. And Nagamo's like, what? Like, bro, like, team. Like, let's go. Like, we're all going. Like, like I do. Yeah. Like, there was something about, like, no, we get, who's going to watch your back, Anaki? Like, yeah. I love that. Um, and then, um, you know, the, and, and then, the, you know, Yuta's obviously part of that group. And then the other character whose name I can never remember, but he has that wonderful hair, that big flat top, like, kind of 50s Matsunaga. gangster style. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, uh, I want his jacket really yes. bad, and I looked for it. I actually looked for it online, and I didn't find it. But if anybody yeah. knows where I can get that awesome jacket that just says cat on it, yes. I want that. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, the patriarch of their family, um, who is, um, you know, Toru Hirose, is played by Beat Takeshi, who is yeah. legendary. Um, now, I have to imagine, and it's it's hard to... Hard to um, to localize this feeling. I'm trying to think of what this would be like. Like for like, is Keanu Reeves in Cyberpunk a cultural equivalent to the West of this? Like, because I have to imagine this was a very big deal that he was in this game. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I, th- I think it would probably be something similar. Um, I, I don't, I don't know a ton about Beat Takeshi, mostly from like, um, 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 um uh. Oh God, the name of it is escaping me. Um, with the island and all the kids who are killing each other, somebody help me. Battle, Battle Royale. Royale. Thank yeah. you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's my primary beat Takeshi source is is Battle Royale. Um, but I know that he has had a um a, an incredibly expansive career. So I, I don't I don't know if that's exactly a parallel, but I, I think it's probably. Yeah, he's close. he's of course a movie actor, uh, yeah. stage comedian, like a mm-hmm. comedian, and and also a TV presenter. Uh, mm-hmm. Incredibly yeah, varied career. Yeah. Um. So it was yeah. neat neat to see um him. Um. I thought the performance was was quite good. It was actually something that you're not used to in a Yakuza game, which is subtle. Um. It was yeah. It was a subtle. wasn't an over the top performance. And he <clears throat> kind of turns out. It was interesting when I saw him uh, presented in the game because knowing who he was going into it, I immediately assumed that he would have a bigger role in the game. So I kind of was surprised that he was resigned. I'm like, maybe they didn't get him for a lot of time. So they resigned him to kind of be this this elderly patriarch who wasn't really involved. Turns out that he is the pawn of the head of Iwami Shipbuilding who have been charged with keeping the secret of Onomichi. Um, Yeah. So he, B. Takeshi basically turns out to be the, like, he, he's got at least, like, 30 or 40 bodies under his belt, right? Like, he's just been a sni- oh, uh, an assassin, that, yeah. killing yeah. anybody who might have had knowledge of the secret. So Who might have um, gotten a whiff of the secret. Right, exactly. Or yeah. might have been in a cafe when the secret was discussed at some point. <laughs> yeah. And he, I mean, he is, I think he is supposed to be... At least in his what eighties in this in this game, yeah, seventies or eighties. That's the way I felt about it, right? Yeah. And but like, make no mistake, 
he could still kill you very easily. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he puts up a good fight with Kiryu and we we've talked about Kiryu and how uh how brutal he can be. Um but yeah, I mean he's he's I found him because I, I kinda had the same thought as you did, Brian, but except I thought I I I kind of thought it was um expected that he was like a well, I, yeah, stunt casting almost. Like, you know, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. look who we got and, you know, here he is, everybody beat Takeshi and then everybody applauds and then he goes back up into his room and, you know, we right. we see him a couple of times during the story and that's it. And I I kind of thought that's what it what it was. Um and then he turns out to be this hugely important character and mm-hmm. uh yeah, with a, a great performance and um and just really interestingly entwined with the this super complex plot mm. yeah it looks like a lovable granddad for most yeah. of the time yeah. you know like and, kind of bumbling I mean, around and, his, and, yeah. and that was like part of the the whole thing right is that yeah he's this heartless killer but but not really because like he genuinely has affection and protective feelings for his family and they yeah. do for him as well even when they know the truth about him and what he's done and everything mm-hmm. They're still like you know this is basically their dad you know right. so yeah yeah I that that's another kind of cool thing about the way yeah. that that character is written and performed yeah definitely I do did feel sad I did feel sad when he passed away you yeah know? you see his yeah. picture of it with, with him with that smile yeah um so aside from the Hirose family and and the, the new people in Hiroshima that we got to know um and then of course I'm I'm absolutely not including, not by choice. I just completely forgot to, uh, to talk about Mama, who Kiyomi, who turns out to be a very big part of the story, uh, for reasons that we'll, we may or may not get into, because she's the ex-wife of Somea, who's the current head of the Tojo clan. So, um, yeah, or or underboss or something like that. Yeah, underboss. Yeah, yeah he's a uh, de facto boss. While uh, Dojima is is he yeah. in prison or is he just being? Yeah, he's saved? in prison. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to think of him and Saijima and Majima all in the same cell, but that's just, <laughs> just me. Just hanging out. <laughs> just hanging out. Yeah. Um, like so... Saijima and his prison crew in Yakuza 5. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, they're having yeah. imaginary trips to the city in their heads. <laughs> the um, exactly. uh, we also have and the, the aforementioned Sayo Triad, the Chinese gang uh, mafia who was taken over Little Asia. Um, I'm the only thing, and, and, and of course, Big Low, uh, yes, who you've mentioned um, Big Low. Who, who I really <laughs> Big Low. Uh, I'm I'm a big fan of Big Low um, in yeah. this game. I I love those interactions. I was actually really disappointed that Little Asia was shut off for as much of the game as it was because it's really it's really neat how they've redesigned that area. Yeah, yeah it used yeah. to be just that kind of that knot of tight alleys, and now it has that open courtyard and like the big t- like. Yeah, I, I was I, uh, I was disappointed there was no buildings to interact with. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um. So the Sayo Triad comes in. They they are kind of the ones that get framed, or not framed. They framed uh, Daigo, Goro Majima, and Saijima for the arson of Little Asia, and they kind of take over. Even though that was funded in turn by, um, it would be the the Owami Shipbuilding Son, and then mm-hmm. uh, Big Low's son, whose name is Jimmy Low, and yeah. kind of the initial MacGuffin. I've said MacGuffin like three or four times in this podcast. Apparently, it's my new favorite. There are a lot of them in Yakuza. Red herring, out. Um, whatever you want to call it. Um, plot device. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jimmy Lowe is murdered, <clears throat> and 
they believe, they being the Sayo Triad, believe that it is the Tojo clan that was involved in the killing of Jamilo. Um, so that creates a lot of tension there. So when you first get to uh, Kamurocho, the Tojo clan's nowhere to be found. Akiyama has literally shut down Sky Finance. He's underground living in the sewers. Um, because the triad the is throne just, of garbage, as he says himself. Yes, yeah. And uh, the Sayo triad has just kind of like basically taken over Camarocho, for lack of a better term. Um, and they have their head. So they're they're the primary antagonists for a lot of the time that you spend in Camarocho. Um, anything anything with Big Low? I, I I find it. I don't know if this is a translation issue. I don't know if there is a shorter name. I find it hilarious that his most badass enforcer's name is Ed. Ed, yeah. I love Ed. Me too. Ed. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's a mean uh, piece of work, Ed. Yeah, he really is. Yeah, he's, he's tough to fight. You fight him in that burning building. He uh, when when the whole place is going up in flames, yeah. like he um, he comes back for you a couple times. Um, and then, of course, uh, we wouldn't be able to get to the end of the story without talking about the Jingwa Mafia, which is the Korean mafia group. Um, they were the ones that actually were responsible for the killing of Jimmy Lowe as they were attempting to conduct a hit on Big Lowe. Yeah, I'm I'm not so is that did you get that from somewhere? Because I thought it was actually uh Iwami's son, Tsuneo, who uh killed uh Jimmy Lowe. Oh, I thought it was um oh what's his I'm gonna I'm gonna mess it up, please hold. because um, I don't want to get it wrong. Um uh, is it uh, the is it the pretty boy? Um, yes, Jun- BTS guy, as my daughter called him. Yeah, <laughs> he pretty uh, much is. Yeah, Jun- no, I, Han. Yeah. Yeah. Han. yeah, yeah. So I think yeah. they're working together, aren't they? Yes. I, I yeah, think. they're kind of they're kind of working together, and uh, this is where I start to get a little bit lost because so, there are yeah. people with multiple. The Jin one was also, uh, yeah, they were uh, mainly involved also in. Um, yeah, you you have to follow him down to the sh- to one of the shipyards at one yep. point, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. I I think they were also involved with the smuggling of the Hayahazi. Yes, they were yes. involved with. Um, so I yeah. so this is probably getting into the point that I was going to try to make here is that so yeah. we've all played a yacht, a lot of yakuza. Um, yeah. So so here so here here's the answer to who killed Jimilo. Uh, Suneo hired the Jingwan Mafia to assassinate both of them. Ah, they, okay. The Jingwan so assassins only killed Jimmy. Makes sense. So they okay. were both involved. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, the plot. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yakuza's done a lot of things. They've had multiple protagonists, five protagonists in Yakuza 5, 4 and Yakuza 4, stories that have gone all over the place. H- how do you feel about the plot of this game in general? Because to me, it was like a, smor- a smorgasbord of wonderful things that I could barely take a taste of any of them. And then if I, when I got to the end of the meal, somebody said, how was it? I would be like, it was really good. And they'd be like, what do you eat? And I'd be like, I don't remember. <laughs> yep. um, yeah. That's kind of business of, business as usual, right? For this series. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like so many plot strands and uh, conspiracies and people backstabbing each other and grander conspiracies that are really hard to keep track of. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also hilarious now thinking back to the whole thing. It's like all Kiryu wanted was to find, uh, find the father of uh, Haruka's child, right? Yeah, and that was enough to get him completely entangled in this uh, incredible web of conspiracy. I I do love maybe the plot device they've overused it a hundred times. Is that Kiryu tries to accomplish simple task like buy <laughs> cigarettes at a store 
or yeah. or find out or, or or even a little more complicated find out the father of haruto and he takes one step outside and somebody's like kiryu glad you're here come here i need your help with this and then it just turns out to be a world-ending conspiracy that's going on behind the scenes <laughs> hey fourth chairman <laughs> which yes. everybody somehow knows he yes, is exactly yeah uh... Like, oh, yeah, he was first chairman Zero, for, like, who, 20 who, minutes, y'all. Like, this, <laughs> case, this case is of Zero, uh, who gave me something. the game. Case of Zero, who gave me the game, he said, yeah, it's just, I said, like, halfway playing through us. Yeah, I'm really enjoying, you know, the moment-to-moment of the story, as per usual. There's a lot of heart. There's some uh, stri- pulling at the heartstrings and, and, and what have you. And he was saying, yeah, but just, you know. Just be warned, it gets really dumb near the end. <laughs> and then uh, I was make the secret of Onomichi. I was, you know, we I expressly didn't look it up, and me and my daughter were kind of like, you know, um, talking about what it was going to be. And at one point, we were convinced they were building some sort of Gundam robot under the uh, under Onomichi so cool. or something like that. You know? <laughs> that would have been all right. <laughs> so the uh, Yamato Mark II wasn't as ridiculous as uh, a revelation as I thought it was going to be. It wasn't, uh, you know, as incredulous or as dumb as I thought it was going to be. But how it, does nobody fact, notice that the biggest battleship ever built is just sunk about twenty feet below the surface? It's it's an underground shipyard, right? Because they pull back these sort of steel doors. Of course, everything is ridiculous, James Bond villain, <laughs> incredulous. Like, how yeah. are you go- logistically going to set something like that up? But um, I also it's it's not as crazy for me still as Yakuza Two, where a golden pagoda rises from the ground. And Kiryu has to fight tigers and samurai inside, <laughs> and it's not even some sort of goofy. <laughs> non-canonical side story no it's part of the main plot now that but that's but that's just cool <laughs> um, also uh, I was at that point say, any pretensions of a serious crime drama were out of the window i was gonna yeah. i was gonna make up that exact point mckeel and you're right i don't know why but this one was more hard to swallow for me i can't tell you why though i there's no like i don't have i don't have scientific evidence back it up. you know like, i think i know i think i might have an idea as to why that is because everybody is playing up the entire time oh, this is this secret, this huge secret, uh, yep. this big secret that nobody knows and we have to kill all these people for. And it's a ship. But you've seen so much more ridiculous stuff by this point. That's like, that's it? <laughs> right. It's a ship? So what? So speaking of the Golden Pagoda, speaking of the Golden Pagoda. As we often do. Yes. <laughs> is that the last time we saw the Jingwon Mafia? Because I know that they were yeah, in two. Yes. I think they came back as a as a very quick plot point in one area where some guys dressed in black started attacking Kiryu and it was some people that wanted to take revenge for the Jingwon Mafia. I think okay. they've been parts of sub-stories since yeah, then. Exactly. Not, I don't think okay. of the official plot, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Um, yeah, I'm I'm sure there's I I realize that this is the podcast to do the deep dive on the game. I realize that it just there's there's so much going on here. And yeah, and that's like that's what Yakuza is, as you've mentioned already. Both of you have mentioned already. uh, It's that over the top tons of plot twists backs backstabbers are being backstabbed as they're backstabbing. Right. (laughs) Right. And this is this is it's normal. It's normal for this series to have a plot where there is something that everybody's after. In this case, it is the secret of Onomichi. And there's like four or five different 
just factions or groups that are so just have so many connections with and and horrible horrible um problems with other feel i just like it that the part that you need to know if you are trying to understand on a surface level the story of this game is just that like we've been saying kiryu is not intending to get into any of this he just wants to find out what happened to his surrogate daughter and mm. and who fathered her child and in the course of doing so runs into just a big scribble of a bunch of stuff and it all circles around this giant secret that turns out to be a ship. Did I did mm. I explain it pretty well? <laughs> uh, you pretty much nailed it. Okay. <laughs> Can I tell you what one of the most confusing things to me was? And I don't know why I got so stuck on this, but it's the fact that um, the uh, the boss of Iwami Shipbuilding um, mm. went by two names. Yeah, and that, yeah, yeah, for that was some confusing. reason, just, yeah. like, why? <laughs> like, Sudeo Iwami, Kuru, okay, Kurusu I get that. And, uh, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Iwami, so, yeah. Chairman Kurusu and, Iwa- yeah, Suneo Iwami, right? Like, yeah. they're both the same. Mm-hmm. No, but no, Suneo is the son. Yeah. Oh, Suneo, yeah, <laughs> see, okay, yep, there it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, uh, I don't so, know. <laughs> so, so, all of that said, and all <laughs> of that, I imagine everybody is, listening is has a complete understanding of the plot yep. now. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um couldn't explain it more clear. At the end, big fight. And actually I was I was pretty pleased. Maybe you guys weren't I'm not sure. The final chapter is that you've just gone through and you've just had these big long battles, these huge battle sequences, and then you get to the, you know, here we go. We're gonna go fight, you know, uh Awami and you're gonna go yeah. fight is it Samea again? No, you just fought Samea for the last time. Doesn't matter. Um yeah. But yeah, basically, you you're, you're, go go fight um, Awami and and try to uh, get stop him from killing you. Because if he kills you, then he can become the leader of the Daidoji faction, which is that Illuminati, Illuminati faction that Veronica Jane mentioned before. Anyway, you get to that section. They didn't make you do that long hallway run of a bunch of guys first. No, they brought no. you right that, to the final. That was walls. already before that. That was yeah. the. Uh... The, millenn- the, the, the traditional Millennium Tower rush. Right, <laughs> yep. exactly. Yeah. So so you get there, you beat the big bads, everything's good. Haruka's there um, somehow. she uh, She's woken up from her coma. Yuda goes to take a bullet for her, um, but then you, Kiryu, run in and take the bullet for Yuda, who's taking the bullet for Haruka, yeah. and you, in big air quotes, die. Credits roll. And then... Yeah. Of course, as we all know, as we've watched through the end, you wake up in a shady non-hospital hospital. The keepers of the secret Onamichi uh, want you to not embarrass their now fallen leader um, by letting out that they were behind this. And you strike a deal that basically you guys help me be dead, basically erase my existence and take care of the kids at the orphanage. Yeah, I will um, go that. So what Veronica Jane says, like. He's doing that, that, you know, he's he'll be pretending to be dead and going away from uh, all the people that he cares about right? Uh, to help that organization. But well, they actually just offered him... directly the a... man who erased his name, right? Yeah, right. but yeah. actually uh, they offered him just a bunch of hush money and never to speak about it again. Right. Uh, and he, Kiryu himself, is the one saying like, oh, you know, I'll just endanger the people that I care about, so I'll be- I'm better off quote you know quote unquote dead 
Right. Um, and yeah, we've we've seen that before. You know, it's uh it's a little bit aggravating. We've seen um, Kiryu quote unquote die a couple of times already, yeah. and yeah. then in the beginning of the game, it's apparent after his uh you know he he actually on purpose let himself uh, sit in jail for for years uh, to to not bring negative attention to Haruka and the orphanage and and all that. And now he's kind of doing the same thing again, and uh, yeah, running running away again, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, but, leaving everybody up to their own devices. You know, they should have let Kiryu die. Like, yeah, I think I that that it would have been a clean ending. There, it was never going to happen, but they, I yeah. think it would have been a clean ending. It would have been a meaningful ending because he did it for the people yeah. that he loves. And now it just means nothing again because exactly. we know he's not that's the thing. And I mean, I don't want him to die because uh, you know I love the character. Sure. But it's exactly as you say. Like every time him faking his death and not actually dying, it kind of makes, uh, yeah, it 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 you you don't become. Uh, immersed or invested in what happens to him anymore because you know he'll never die anyway you know i think this franchise maybe more than any other especially for one that i uh, admittedly have a great deal of fondness for betrays that player trust of believing what's happening in the story uh whether it was how many times you you, you died and then and and because it has happened so many times you can't believe anything at face value at all anymore you know so yeah so you Majima, don't believe anything that ha- that's happening. Majima got killed in Yakuza 5, but wasn't dead. Um, in Yakuza 4, was it um, Baba? When was the last time Kiryu, Baba. air quotes, died? Was that, that, was, five. Was that 5 or yeah, was five, that 4? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Yakuza no. 3 at the ending, he gets uh, stabbed by Hamazaki yeah, when Hamazaki is there, and then the credits roll on, oh, oh, he's not dead actually. You know, <laughs> That was the first. I was yeah. fake out of that. Yeah. yeah. So, it's just and then and then almost and then if you go back to uh the origins of the franchise Kazama who his father figure like came back but it was his twin brother who was an actual <laughs> yeah, FBI yeah. agent like, it's so like, so well so, right yeah it, you just don't really know what's going to happen like, at one point gonna we're be going a... at one point he's going to wake up after a game oh yeah the whole game was actually a dream Oh my god! I, I'm, I'm coming back around. I want I, that to happen. I'm just shocked we haven't seen another Majima. That the only difference is that the eye patch is on the other eye. The other like, I, like we're we're really close to that. Yeah. Like, oh, that would be really um, funny. Yeah. So um, on one hand, um, yeah, you 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 don't feel the danger, or you don't right, feel right. like anything that happens. You know, you should be taking as face value because there's there's a twist coming. Mm-hmm. There's always a twist coming. Uh, on the other hand, yeah, I've also learned kind of to roll with the punches with yeah. uh, Yakuza stories at that point, and I still get a lot out of uh, out of it, uh, even at this point. And yeah, it's like you do get intimately familiar with these characters, and sure. they start they do start to become a part of me, and uh, I want to revisit them. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it. it at one point, I felt like they're just sticking with Kiryu because he's the the face of the franchise and his whole story arc had been told. But I did like in Yakuza 6 how he did have a bit of a new arc in there. And like this, he's sort of like he sees himself almost as a washed up figure, you know. Uh, and 
but yeah, in in a sense, he is like a legend that's still walking, a living legend. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. I did like the, that he had that bit more of an arc in this game. My my favorite part about the ending though was the fact that Haruka was wearing a unzipped gray hoodie with a maroon mm. shirt underneath it. Uh, yeah. Looking exactly like Kiryu's classic color combination. <laughs> yeah. Happy. Um, <clears throat> Joe Bobonobo from the forum says, since Kwame 2 shares the same engine as this game, and I dearly love that title, it stands the reason that I love all the little additions of this title, such as leveling up, leveling up by eating at restaurants and the clan minigame. Absurdities such as Kiryu and his clan giving themselves a round of applause after they beat up a rival gang, dressing up as the mascot of Onomichi, and the Hiroshi gang playing rugby with a baby to protect it from abduction by the Korean mafia, shows that Yakuza 6 continues on its mighty tradition of blending the gritty with the daft with spectacular aplomb. Minigames are also quite enjoyable as well, with spearfishing and socializing at the pub being big time sinks for me. Surprisingly, when I never really bothered much with it in previous games, I really enjoyed darts in this title and felt it was a lot more polished this time around. Puyo Puyo was also a regular arcade title that I like digging into every now and then. Sub-stories in Yakuza 6 seem to have a running theme of Kiryu trying to get to grips with technology, with him following a drone throughout the city, helping a couple become engaged through a roaming robot, deal with a rogue AI assistant, and my personal favorite, beating up an obnoxious wannabe YouTuber. (laughs) Um, So, as always, and we've talked about it, already a little bit the side activities in yakuza are to me they're not as important as the story but i certainly spend as much if not more time with them um than Mm. i do with the with the actual story um uh ones we've already previously mentioned were the baseball manager slash player i found this one mikhail did you spend much time with this i know leah said she didn't see it much till the end um i tried real hard but like there was some form of number crunching that I wasn't doing correctly because basically unless I did the um, cut the, the the active time kind of sequence correctly, I would never end up winning these games. Mm, no, I didn't actually, as far as I got was this one guy from the baseball team asking me to recruit more people for, for the team for him. Yeah. 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 I, I kind of, I didn't spend as a whole, not all that much time pursuing side activities and sub-stories. Uh, the one I spent the most time with was Clan Creator and the uh, the gym workouts and mm. trying to fig- find out uh, what meals to eat afterwards. Yeah, the, the, what was that? Rizap, right? Yeah, Rizap. Yeah, yeah, Rizap how, running through the city. Yeah, I don't know uh, how you pr- pronounce that. I In my mind, it was Rizap. Rizap sounds reasonable. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Um, so, and... Yeah, so uh, the- and I ahead, kind sorry. of like I was following the main story thread most of the time, and then at some points, you know, I felt like okay, when my daughter uh, was uh, was not there, I felt like okay, then I'll, at least she wants to see every story beat, so at least I can pursue some side activities. You know, your daughter mm-hmm. wasn't there. You hit up the live chat, is what you're saying. That's where I was going. <laughs> so I I was happy she was uh, soundly asleep at that point. Yeah. <laughs> so um, so with, that's with, I kinda... it was kind of hilarious that live chat thing where. You see him banging away at the keys, uh, carry you with, and then, you know, when he nail, when he nails a response, he says, "Yush, yush, uh, yeah, so like good." He, uh, so live really chat, as as you mentioned, I, I'm just gonna kind of highlight the new ones here. Is basically FMV. Um, I've labeled it softcore pornography, but that might even be a little harder. It's than very, no very soft core. Yeah. Very <laughs> mild, I would say. Yeah. Um, it, but ladies it, in like bikinis, basically. It yeah. definitely does lean into some of the other 
parts of Yakuza, which I don't, I don't know how to explain. So I was doing, I did all the live chat stuff, you know, because I'm a researcher. And I of course, I also research. did it for yeah, research. Yes, yeah. for mm-hmm. research. Uh, well, they, they lead you into to, this one I, in a I way that they res- don't with all of the other uh, mini game. Well, with some of the other mini games, they do this. But like one of the very first things that you can do is that you know somebody takes you to this to this cafe and is like, "Here you go," and you know you can just you can just chat with the ladies. So I don't yeah. know if they're ever, if they ever open up. I already more than had that, that response but... prepared for if my wife would walk in. During my uh, live live chat research, yeah, this is just for research, honey. Research, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So my wife was uh, that that exact scenario you're talking about, Leah, with that first <laughs> one where you bring him up there. Aaron mm-hmm. was sitting next to me on the couch, and she's like, "Was it?" She's like, "Is that a real person?" I'm like, "Yeah." She's like, mm-hmm. "She's like, it's like." So is this like? I'm like, "Yeah, it's exactly what you think it is." And yep. then and then she was reading the potential responses at the bottom and Which reading like the side yes. chat going on. <laughs> And she thought she wanted she encouraged me to keep doing the rest of them because she was laughing at all the responses yeah. that were coming up there because some of them are just uh, they're just so sweaty. Um, but, uh, uh, yep. but yeah, I yeah. I don't know. There's something about that. It's it's so Yakuza and it, even as like the the call center ones from before the the, the phone call lines and things. Um, um, what you could expect from a Yakuza game, I would say, I would say, sure. um, I just, I missed, I missed the, uh, the hostess clubs. Yep. <sighs> I know they don't make much sense in 2016 or whenever this was set, but I still, they now had some sort of cabaret club thing, but that's more, that was not the hostess management stuff. Like that yeah. was in no. previous games. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't think they haven't gone back to the actual managing of a hostess club. Was it? Oh, obviously it was in zero, and I want to say Kiwami won. Yes, um, but uh, besides that, I don't think that's yeah. been a major part. Um, but I mean, they they kind of, I guess your management mini games here would be the baseball one we've already talked about, where you manage an entire roster of baseball players, and then the clan creator, which is probably the most, um, sizable side cuss. I think it, it basically has. I did spend a b- bit here. of time with that, yeah. Uh, yeah, I definitely. Up... I think I got a couple of the lunatics beaten, uh, mm. and then I just kind of had to move on. But it was all right. Not very challenging, though. Like another one of those things where you feel like, oh, there's so much customization and enhancement you can do, but I'm not really working up a sweat here that that mm. really warrants uh, me delving very deep into it. You know, you do much with the clan creator, Leah? No, um, I it didn't grab me in the mm. same way as. Um, Majima Construction did. Um, sure. And I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's just because they didn't have the cool the cool theme song. But right, um, yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no. I I I played a couple of rounds. Uh, went okay. I get it. And then just didn't really didn't really go back to it much. I ended up doing all of it. Um, but the reason that I did all of it was one because I'm an achievement like nightmare of a human mm-hmm. um and there was achievement tied to it but also because um the 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 lunatics are all real world japanese wrestlers yeah, yeah now Japan, I, right? I thought i remembered yeah. hearing something about that but i i know nothing about this so yes. i'm I, a pretty yeah. big okada fan he's the head yeah. lunatic um, yeah, yeah, i'm a pretty big yeah. fan okada of him was in, the only one that rang a bell for me yeah, yeah in real life so it was fun just to see them like like digital models of them play acting in this ridiculous setup. I I just found it was enough they to do keep that going. in their day to day job as well. Play acting, right? So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it makes and sense. And then and I just it, it was one of those things that I don't think the most disappointing part of the side activities for me is that clan creator because 
I love the idea of it. Um, and I've really engaged with some of those side activities before, like you said, Leah, whether it was a cabaret club hosting or um, trying to, or even God hunting is Saijima in the wilderness. I spent so much time hunting, um, but the, it just didn't, it was lacking whatever that hook was, like you said, to, to really get me wanting to get better. I basically did the requirements and then kind of bounced, but, um, yeah. but yeah. Uh, and your normal other side activities were on offer, your Shogi and your Mahjong Air darts, billiards, club, Sega, um, uh, relatively good versions of those games. Would you say, Mikhail? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, the uh, the Sega arcade games were cool. I I thought, like per usual, it was going to be the same games in every arcade you come across. But mm. uh, the small arcade in Kamurocho has uh, your fairly new versions of Puyo Puyo and then uh, version Fighty Five Final Showdown, which I enjoyed messing around with. And you can select them from the. Uh, title screen as well or the home screen um and then play them with two players mm-hmm. and then you had all like the, the the classics in there like super hang on and outrun and fantasy zone that i uh, spent a little bit more time with and got a little bit more hooked on than i you know then perhaps with was uh was healthy for uh <laughs> for my uh yeah. for getting to the end in time i played I, I played more fantasy zone than i would like to admit in this playthrough um <laughs> yeah Leah, did you do any um was there any side activity not necessarily club sega uh or um i know that they uh they were lacking your favorite karaoke song I oh i'm game. so upset yeah. about that like is it so hard i it's been bakamitai has been in so many yakuza games at Leah, this can point. i tell you a secret? There. is it there and i missed it no, it's not, but it's oh. it's in it's in man who erases name. Good. So, yeah, um, but, <laughs> they had to bring uh, it back. Yeah, yeah there was such uh, a public outcry from me. <laughs> um, uh, no, I I just in general like I did um I did a fair amount of the Rise app stuff um mm-hmm. which was kind of interesting, but I I mean the the ongoing side quests i i really didn't do that much of it um and, and it's funny because I, I i think i mentioned this to you brian but like one of the first things that i started investing points into when i started leveling up was the um the skills that are like i don't remember what the actual names of the skills are but there's two sets of them one that makes you better at talking to women and one that makes you better mm-hmm. at finding friends at the bar yeah and i never really did much of either of those things afterwards <laughs> so eh, i guess i maybe wasted some points but that's okay i i forgot <laughs> about the bar one the bar one's interesting that's in Hir- hiroshima uh where you have a bar that you can go to and basically it's really funny. It's it is going to be such a weird deep cut, and I apologize, but it <laughs> reminds me of the NES game Casino Kid um, hmm. because wow. nobody in the casino will talk to you unless you talk to the right person and beat them at whatever game. And this is the same way where like you go into the bar and there's like twelve people in the bar and you go to talk up to any of them and eleven of the twelve are going to be like loser, get away <laughs> from me. And then the one person's like, hey, want to play darts? And then you beat that guy at darts, and then like one other person at the bar is like, maybe this guy isn't as much of a loser as I thought. And then you can talk to him, and kind of, you just kind of knock them all off <laughs> down the line. I didn't do all of it, but um, it was entertaining. Yeah, like, m- reasons to play darts and sing karaoke, I suppose. I was then, mad when I uh, looked it up after completing the game today. Uh, I was mad that I completely missed the spear fishing yeah. game. It's, yeah, it's right. That looked really fun, like a like a Sega arcade game, you know. Yeah, it's right at the end. At least when I came across, it. and much like Leah said before, and we're going to talk about this just in a second, but like not having the sub stories indicated on the map really does take a part away from me. Not because I'm not willing to engage with them. I just 
if I just have to run around and hope that they spring up, like I'm yeah. just not going to find a bunch by na- just yeah, naturally. Yeah, yeah. So I don't um, think yeah. that that all of the games indicate them on the map before this. I think that there maybe is always a way to like equip something that will show you where they are. But I would also have been okay with it if, and and they do this a little bit, but like if they had the sub story set in places where you were most likely to run into them. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the um, the the cat cafe thing. Yeah is hidden away in a spot that, like, unless you're yeah. just going everywhere, you're probably not going to find it. Um, mm. And, and I mean, I I don't mind having them scattered, um, but, yeah, I if they weren't going to indicate them on the map or give you a way to indicate them on the map, then I, I would have preferred that they be a little more in the way, if that sure. makes sense. Yeah, no, 100%. Um. So speaking of sub-stories, there's 51 of them, as there usually are. There's normally right around 50 or something mm-hmm. in there. Um, they are, as you would expect from a Yakuza game, I would say that they do stray a little bit into the more ridiculous in this game, which I appreciate. Um, I like the the wackier they are, the better for me. Um, I, I really enjoyed, I already talked about fighting ghosts in the graveyard. That was one that yep. was great. I would just I would literally just go and enter a building and leave it and come back out and look for the little pink icon to see if there were more ghosts to fight. <laughs> I, I found out that if you uh, yeah. there's like a bridge to the south of, of that graveyard, if you go far enough so that that part is off the screen, that's far enough for you to get oh, the perfect. next bit. So. <laughs> Even better. Um, I love uh, so uh, Mikhail, you might not remember this, but Leah, I, I'm not sure if I think you probably do remember the cult for Miyakaza Zero. Yes, I, 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 I had a great. Yeah, I have yet to I, encounter I love them. that because you know you you get the the side quest and you you start in on it, and and then like I, it just kind of slowly dawned on me. I'm looking at this guy and I'm like, he has that mole on his face. Where have I seen that before? <laughs> yeah, and then they start yeah. talking about the cult, and they're and I'm like, oh no, it's these guys again. Yeah, uh, yeah, so, no, yeah, I, I, I thought that was a really nice touch. Um, this it would have been really timely, I think, for the the release of this game in uh, 2016. Originally, uh, mm-hmm. basically they have a they have a play on Siri, the Apple um, uh, AI kind of assistant there um, that they uh, called Higgy H I G I, I believe it's called um, in mm. this game where it takes over a bunch of phones and you got to run around and take them down. Those are the ones that I liked. Obviously, the cat cafe as you mentioned, and then yeah. m- my favorite. Uh, Orange Boy Ono Michio, um, which I just I <laughs> love his pose and making the kids excited. Any any other uh, sub stories jump out to you guys or standouts for you? Ono Michio was probably the the best example of well, somebody just sees Kiryu on the street and goes, <laughs> "Hey, can you do this thing for me? I I've never met you before. Uh, I don't know anything about you, but come be this mascot." And Kiryu's yeah, like, "You look like such yeah, a friendly, right. approachable person." <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> He's seven feet tall and cut from marble, but yes. Oh, yeah, you're... no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Eyebrows constantly furrowed. <laughs> uh, they, um, as as always, as much or as little as you want to engage with them there, yeah. they are there for you um, should you choose to. Yeah. I didn't do all of them this time, but mostly because I, I'd like to think that I'll go back and do the rest of them, but I think the major reason is that if, if they were icons on a map, I could go mop up. I probably would have done that, but yeah, um, yeah same actually. I would, I'll probably just have to dip back in and follow a guide at some point in the future. But. It's just how my stupid brain works. Worky Ticket from the forum says, while Yakuza 6 does take a while to get going and ends up having arguably the biggest heart of the series, 
The developing relationship between Kiryu and Haruka is charming and often hilarious, and the residents of Onomichi are easy to fall in love with, quickly becoming just as much a part of the Yakuza family as the longer-serving characters. What lingers in the mind most, however, is the game's pervasive sense of melancholy. Reminders of Kiryu's advancing years are frequent, and the suggestion Onomichi brings a place of possibly existing for him away from Kamurocho creates a palatable sense of things drawing to a close. Of course, being a Yakuza game, it still makes room for a late-stage reveal that reaches Metal Gear proportions of WTF-ness, <laughs> but that balance between heart and lunacy is at the very core of Yakuza, and would we want it any other way? <laughs> I actually, when we're like discussing about what the secret of Onomichi could be, I also propose that it might be a Metal Gear that we're building. <laughs> yeah. um, Tom Fum from the forum says, as much as I love the Yakuza series, I found 6 to be one of the slowest in the series. It wasn't as fun to play as some of the others, but the RGG engine made it look beautiful. Our special boy Kiryu really goes through it in this game. Mostly seeing how he acts awkwardly when he has to handle Haruto makes me laugh every time. Still a fantastic game and a great way to wind up his story. Who knew Yakuza could beat up ghosts as well? (laughs) (laughs) And lastly, we'll hear again from Joe Bobonobo from the forum, who says... While I really enjoyed Yakuza 5, its multi-character epic with its especially convoluted story made it a tad bloated at times. I appreciate that while there are some big conspiracy machinations in this narrative, they do not overpower the core of the story, which is Kiryu looking for Haruka after he comes out of prison, and afterwards finding out who the father of her baby is. I think Yakuza 6 shines at its brightest when it comes to the characters and themes around children trying to live up to their parents' expectations. I really like the Onomichi gang, especially Hirose. He oddly reminded me of some laid-back old men I knew from back home and was really crestfallen when I heard he was the one murdering anyone with the knowledge of the secret of Onomichi. <laughs> Conversely, I do not think I hated anyone as much as Suneo Owami, and even though his boss fight was quite easy, it felt good beating the snot out of that irredeemable scumbag. Oh, yeah. And even though this will not be Kiryu's exit from the series, I still think his decision to leave Haruka and Haruto for their protection was quite effective in its bittersweetness and was a powerful end to the story overall. My only real complaint with the game is that I did not like how everyone in the weapon only had a max of three uses before it broke. But that was balanced out by extreme mode, which was great for making short work of bosses and mobs of enemies. While Kiryu will be making a return to the series, it will not be in his typical beat-em-up style, and so, in conclusion... Yakuza 6 ends up as a fantastic closing chapter to the traditional Kiryu saga with his emotional compelling storyline, complex characters, and refined gameplay. With such a great closer, I eagerly look forward to the new turn-based era of the Yakuza series. Thank you to everybody who corresponded. Uh, We really appreciate it. So as per usual, we head over to X or Twitter or whatever it's called these days uh, to solicit (laughs) three-word reviews. You can follow us at Kane and Rince. Joe Bobonobo says, Kamarocho's last hurrah. WTFDIW says, shake the baby. <laughs> Tom Fum says, ghost busting Kiryu. Josh one on one says, this guy, Haruka. <laughs> Sir Dell1884 says, he'll be back. <laughs> well, thanks to everybody who contributed to those three word reviews. I guess now, I mean, we've talked a lot about Yakuza. And maybe it is only fitting that this show doesn't go for 14 hours and comes in right around the normal running time. Because at this point, what more is there to say that that hasn't already been said by us about the Kiryu beat-em-up style? But um, Mm. in traditional Kainerans fashion, we're all going to kind of give our brief summaries of what we thought of the, 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 maybe not just Yakuza 6, but the Kiryu arc as a whole. Nikhil, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, despite... Uh, 
the sort of uh, physics-driven combat not really gelling with me. Um, this game, Yakuza 6, has uh, nothing, done nothing but solidify my love for the series. Uh, and as as always, as I've said in previous Kenny Rins issues where we talked about the Yakuza game, these games somehow are... Uh, yeah, the sum of their parts is where they really shine for me. Like the, the little bit of everything. Like you said also earlier, Brian, like uh, it's a jack-of-all-trades and a master of none. But somehow it all comes together in a diverse gaming palette uh, that is supremely enjoyable. And yeah, because of the relative frequency of their releases and uh, the intervals and the cadence, as Leah said, of which I have played them, they become sort of like a, a video game comfort food of sorts for me, you know, where I definitely... You know, there were there were risks earlier on. Um, there was a risk that I would sort of feel burned out with the series, like going from installment to installment. But I'm, I've pushed beyond that point uh, at this point, and I'm just looking forward to play more of it. I've got Yakuza 0 still to play. I've got uh, Dead Souls to play. Then uh, the Like a Dragon games and um, Judgment and Lost Judgment. So, And I'm, I'm very happy for that. Like, uh, this is not the end of the line for the series with me. And about Kiryu himself, as well as, as I've said in uh, Yakuza 5 about Haruka, he is not a realistic existing person. You know, he's he's an ideal. Like, like just an... Uh, in, I guess sometimes in, uh, you know, as, as uh, enjoyers of Western fiction... Uh, we kind of scoff at this kind of protagonist. Uh, but I think, uh, and also if you look at, for example, like uh, more in Eastern fiction and not just Japanese, but even if you go, uh, you know, if you watch a Bollywood movie, for example, there's more of a of a leaning towards a protagonist being an inspirational figure, someone to live up to rather than a realistic, flawed kind of character that you, you'll... Uh, you know, you'll see more of in your daily life. Um, and there is something there, like, especially if the Yakuza games sort of divert from the path of what you're typically used to. There is something there of the earnestness and the honesty and the heart and sort of the yeah ridiculous melodrama of it all that um, yeah makes it so emotionally compelling to to make it through one of these games and to um yeah like despite all the ridiculous conspiracy plots and the impossibly uh complex uh mechanics of it all um yeah there, there's something that i hold very very dear and you know you're gonna come back to me one year later or maybe even a month later already ask me what exactly happened in yakuza 6 I'll be completely in the dark about the, the, <laughs> the conspiracy plot machinations of it all. But the moments, the character moments and the character interactions will always stay with me. So, um, yeah, I'd, I definitely uh, recommend people, especially, of course, if they've come as far as this to, to play this. Yeah, it's hard, hard for me to follow that when that's my almost exact take on it, um, is the not being able to 
tell you the details of why they were on the rooftop in Yakuza 4, <laughs> but I remember them all saying, everybody go find an ass to kick, and them splitting off and doing it, you know? And There you go. Um, I... To talk about Yakuza 6 as an individual game, I think that it's um, I think it's a, a real good game. I think you'd enjoy it if you like the other Yakuza games. Uh, I did miss the difference in protagonists. I did miss some of the uh, alternate combat styles and things like that. However, when I'm going to be thinking about these games, as Mikhail already said, I won't necessarily be thinking about those things. I'll be thinking about Kiryu and Haruka and Yuda and, and uh, kind of the twists and turns that whole orphanage has been on and at this point now, with all of the Yakuza games that I've played, and thanks to this podcast and covering them for the show, um, I they it's risen to become one of my favorite series. Period. You know, kind of on that in that top tier of when a new game comes out in the series, I'm just like mm. so excited for it. Um, as I said before, I'm 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 gonna I'm I'm close to finishing the next chapter in Curious Story and the Man Who Erases Name, um, but. When it comes to Yakuza 6, I think that it is a, a middle-of-the-road Yakuza game for me, personally. I, I basically, I made a, kind of ranked for myself where I thought, um, like, all of the Yakuza games are from, from top to bottom. And this one kind of fits right in the middle there. And I think what what makes it right in the middle of all the other content you could consume in this universe is the fact that this is just kind of getting back to its roots, right? It's kind of getting back to its basic, it's a story about Kiryu and Haruka. And it's getting back to kind of the emotional core of the series. And it does have all that wacky plot stuff that we talked about. There is a battleship that rises out of the ocean at one point in this game. Like, that happens. <laughs> um, but I think that that's all really set dressing for the Kiryu story. And that is now, because of all the time I've invested, because of the stories thus far, because of all the characters I've grown to love over the years, that story has become important to me. So... I'll normally be there for the next step in that should they continue to tell it. So, uh, yeah, big recommend from me, um, which probably doesn't come as a surprise. Yeah. So um, I, I'm going to say this and this is going to sound ridiculous, but I hear hear me out. This is kind of a stripped down Yakuza game. Mm -hmm. Um and when I say that, that's <laughs> when I say that, I say that fully acknowledging the fact that a whole bunch of crazy stuff happens in this game. <laughs> it is still very convoluted. It is still has a million moving pieces and it has all of these people whose names I am not going to remember much longer after I shut these show notes down. Um, but, but it's got big I, low. It does have big low. Now, big low. I will always remember, obviously. Big low. <laughs> um, but, um, but for a Yakuza game is kind of the key to that sentence there. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, we've spent a lot of time both personally and on the podcast going through Yakuza as a series and kind of dissecting what makes it tick, what we like about it, what we don't like about it, what the storylines do, what... It, what the function is of all of the different people who show up in these games and show up in more than one game and are dead, but maybe are not dead and, and how they interact with each other and, you know, their feelings for each other. And, and uh, that's all still here, but it's more focused on just hear you again. And this is kind of what, what you guys were saying as well is that, you know, this is, this is his 
kind of swan song almost that's not a perfect analogy because he's not dead but um you know he's i do not think that he is going to be the main protagonist in another mainline yakuza game going forward uh, i i just i i appreciate that they took the time to give such a I guess a loving tribute would would not be inaccurate here because I feel like mm. this really does justice to the whole Kiryu story and you know I may not be happy at the ultimate ending um but I see why they did it and it's not like you know a, a throw the entire series in the garbage now I'm done type of thing it's <laughs> it's more just I would have preferred to see it a different way and that's okay mm-hmm. you know I it, not yeah, not everything yeah. has to be exactly the way that I want it um I found this, this this message that I sent um, uh, back when I was uh, still making my way through Yakuza uh, 6. Uh, it says, you know, this game started out a little underwhelming, but somewhere between the baby rugby and fighting the secret heir to a Chinese triad, who is also sort of my son-in-law in a burning building to stop him from killing myself, it sort of won me over. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, this is still a good Yakuza game. It, it's mm. not my favorite Yakuza game, but I think that it fits in the series in the way that it was intended to and it kind of caps off that section of the whole yakuza thing experience whatever you want to call it um and without you know just saying okay well this the series is done now and it, it does go some different places after this and you know i'm sure we'll cover that in as as we uh move along but um yeah i i think that this definitely if you have played the games up to this point this is one you should not miss uh and if you haven't played any yakuza games um then my god play yakuza it's so good (laughs) um maybe don't start with six i don't think it would have quite as big of an impact but um they are very readily available so uh yeah go do that please it is still on uh, six is still on game pass i checked okay um so yeah that's that's I think that it is definitely worth it, and it gets a recommend from me, particularly, like I said, if you have experience with the series already. Well, thank you for that, Leah and McKeel. Uh, thanks to Editor Jay and all of our correspondents, and, of course, you for listening. Um, stick around to with the podcast. Keep up on the schedule. Head on over to canerinse.com. You can see the forums there where there's discussion, and you can submit correspondence to be considered for use in any upcoming recordings. Uh, But next time in issue 598, does the crew have what it takes to embark on this deck-building roguelike enough times to make it to the top? It's Slay the Spire. (laughs) 